Before we get started, I want to tell you about one of our awesome new sponsors, Ebles. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know, except all those aches and pains that creep up as the weather gets cooler, or God forbid you pull a Clark Griswold while putting up the lights. But what if there's a way to be able to enjoy the cold weather of the holiday season without the associated bodily aches and pains? Well, imagine no further as Ebles CBD Topical Freeze Gel is here to the rescue. Whether it's to help that nagging shoulder injury from sports ball game of yesteryear, or it's to help alleviate those deep aches and pains, CBD Topical Freeze Gel from Ebles offers the industry-best quality and strength to offer lasting relief from chronic pain. And this holiday season, all members of the Brian Nichols Show audience can get that perfect gift to self or stocking stuffer for that fitness fanatic in the family at an exclusive discount at checkout using code TBNS. Again, use code TBNS at checkout to get your discount applied to your order. Listen, the holidays are especially tough this year, so let's at least not spend them in pain. So use code TBNS at checkout to see the evil's difference today. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At the Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Happy Monday, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you guys are getting ready for the holiday season. Happy Hanukkah to my Jewish friends out there and uh, to all my Christian friends and friends who are just enjoying the holiday season. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. So yes, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And my goodness, we have so many exciting things to be excited for this year as we head to the holiday season. And one of them is a great organization that I've been a part of now for just about three uh, three or so years, actually. And that is just the recently rebranded former America's Future Foundation, now America's Future. And uh, this past week, I had the great pleasure of seeing uh, not only the head of America's Future, but also a good friend in Cindy Circatella as I was down there uh, on Kibion Liberty, uh, talking about how we can sell liberty. So I'll make sure I exclusively give you guys a, a share to that amazing conversation with Matt Kibby. But to start things off here this week, I am joined by Cindy Circatella, an in-person conversation, and what a fantastic conversation it is, getting to learn more about the amazing organization that is America's Future. So with that being said, on to the show, Cindy Circatella here on The Brian Nichols Show. I joined America's Future Foundation three years ago. I was a chapter leader in Philadelphia. A lot of fun, had a blast, because one of the things, part of America's Future Foundation, I used to joke, it's like, it's a young Americans for liberty for grownups. That's kind of the way I would approach it, but more so talking about bringing liberty values to respective communities. And recently, now it's funny, you and I, we had this interview scheduled, and I ended up being in D.C. for the day, and then also, we had some things changing at America's Future Foundation. Now we are America's Future AF. So it kind of worked out well, having you on the show, being able to discuss some of the great happenings. So dig into, first and foremost, Cindy, who is this amazing organization, America's Future? And what's your role, Cindy, as, a, as the head of this wonderful group of folks? Absolutely. Well, Brian, first, thank you so much for having me uh, join, uh, for letting me join you today. And also, I'm so excited that we get to do this in person. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it is rare that I get to see new faces. So <laughs> it's really nice. Uh, so America's Future, we actually just renamed and kind of uh, 
in, not invented, introduced our new brand to the world last Thursday. Um, we have been around for 25 years. So America's Future Foundation, we were born in D.C. There's a bunch of young people in their probably early 20s who worked at the Heritage Foundation, at the Cato Institute, and a few other places. And they felt like, A, 25 years ago, the freedom movement was a lot smaller than it is now. Um, think tanks didn't have hundreds of staff. They probably had 20 if we were lucky, and some of them were even smaller. And I think many of those young staffers were really fiery and really passionate but didn't feel like there was a lot of opportunity for them to move up and to take the place or not even take the place, but add to the conversation from some of these older, more established scholars yeah. who kind of filled the space. Uh, so they decided they wanted to start practicing together and talking and kind of honing their message. Um, and so AF, which is how I always call it, even now that we're America's future, we still say AF, just to keep it nice and easy. Um, it was founded around a kitchen table. It was young people deciding to debate and have conversations and give each other the chance to learn by doing. Um, and so for a good 13 years, that's what AF was. Here in D.C., an awesome place where young people, it was like the place to go. Like you move to D.C., you come to AF events. You work here and you want to practice how to, how to speak in public better. You come to an AF event and you speak. Um, and so I actually got introduced to the group in 2006 when I first graduated from college and moved to DC and was asked to volunteer and then slowly became the program manager for DC. And so, and it, it was a really important organization for me because I got to learn how to negotiate contracts. I got to learn how to explore the city because I needed to find cool new places for people to get together. Um, I got to interact with important big names because we were bringing them in to speak, like yeah. Justice Scalia, Robert Novak, all these different people. Uh, and so it gave me just this awesome skill set that I wasn't getting at my other job. Um, I worked with the Atlas Network where we worked with international free market think tanks. And I had that was a great job, but I wasn't learning any of those things. And right. so I knew to be more well-rounded, it would be helpful to expand my skill set. Get comfortable on Exactly. Yeah. And you know, when you're young and starting out, it's important to try a lot of stuff, see what you're good at, say yes to all kinds of random yes. jobs. Like it wasn't easy. This was before Uber. This was before, like, this was, yeah, it was, it was a difficult time. So I'd like carry my little grocery bag full to set up the wine and the cheese for the app events and all of that. Um, anyway, but basically app was founded to help young people find their voice find their passion, find their skill sets, and learn how to engage with liberty in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. um, and about 13 years ago, they took that magic that was in DC and they took it national. And yeah. so, yeah, we started opening chapters all around the country. And the point was really to give people a way to engage and to build a community. Um, I came back to AF two years ago in 2018 uh, and that's really what I wanted to focus on was the community aspect, yeah. how you pull people together, make them feel comfortable and give them a place to talk about freedom. So anyway, that was kind of a long answer <laughs> to your question, but I kind of wanted to give a little bit of that sort of history. But essentially, America's Future, we are an organization that is national and is designed for people. It's your space to come and learn about ideas, learn how to talk about them better and to find your people because yeah. it can be tough. It can be tough. And like, that's the, the thing that really it captivated me about at the time AFF was that it was this national organization. But at the same point in time, we did bring it hyper local 
with our respective chapters. So for a few years, I was the chapter leader over in Philadelphia and being able to your point, right, to, to interact with the community. Now, candidly, I just moved to Philadelphia in 2015. So I pretty much was, you know, there less than a year. And, and I was kind of forced to start to learn my community better. And, and that for me was number one, really exciting because now I got to, you know, meet new people that I hadn't had the chance to meet yet. But number two, and this is, I think, where a lot of libertarians or just, you know, small L liberty lovers, they miss the mark, is that it really does give you the chance then to figure out what's the issues that are really bothering your community. And, and partly this is, you know, what we've been doing here on, on my show has been trying to change the conversation. We're trying to change from preaching to talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, figure out kind of what's the conversation that they're already having. If you were to go in and, you know, fly in the wall at, you know, across the street here to somebody's kitchen table and listen, you know, what are they talking about for when they're having their morning coffee? Are they talking about, you know, the lockdowns right now? Are they talking about, hey, are we, how are we going to be able to, to pay our gas bill? You know, th those are the real conversations that people are talking about. And, and candidly, you no, know, I don't care what somebody's position is on transgender bathrooms, but like, that's not an issue that a majority of folks are really hyper-focused on right now. So going to your point, right, you start talking about America's future. And like that gives us as activists now really an inside look into like, okay, you're in Philadelphia, you're in D.C., you're in Austin. And now you can talk to people specifically and say, hey, like what is your issue? And now when we take that information, now we can tailor our content and what we're bringing to these people to focus more on those issues and show, hey, we're not just folks who, who are online ranting and raving how right we are, but we actually have solutions to people's problems. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think the other piece that I started to recognize, and this was tough for me to recognize because I've had the great fortune of working in the freedom movement my whole career. And I went to Hillsdale College. So like freedom is just, <laughs> it's there. I hear yeah. about it. It's part of my like lifeblood. Um, but I think for most people, especially outside of DC, right? Because you have to think about how you tailor a product from when you move from DC, where everybody works at a think tank or within the government, to the rest of the country where people have real lives, <laughs> where they get to build real stuff. Um, and, you know, we started to realize that they're not steeped in this stuff all the time. So maybe you heard it in college, maybe you read Free to Choose, or you read, I don't know, Don't, don't Kill People and Don't Take Their Stuff. Awesome. Right? But, um, but that was it. And you liked it and you believed in it, but you don't necessarily have a way to talk about that and real life issues that are happening and how you relate those. And right. so I think that's a big piece of what we wanted to think about with our chapters was how do we give people the tools to dig deeper into current policy issues, current life issues, and give you that freedom perspective? Because it, it, it's just not always there and it's not top of mind when you've got other things on your plate. So let's kind of like dig into that, right? Because that's that's one of the things I I think, and I've had this when I've ever had my guests on my show, and we start to really you know, dig into these specific issues, is that you do find that each area does kind of have like their niche thing. And I would say across the board right now, we are seeing, because we're recording here in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, and like lockdowns are like, it seems that's on everybody's mind. But I'm sure that there's there's more, you know, more pigeonholed, like things that are bothering certain areas. Kind of talk to me about that, Cindy. So like, what's been our experience with our chapter leaders? What have we been having for conversations with folks? And what are people really taking away from these conversations that they can actually use as action items? Yeah. So I think that the thing that we try to think about is we want to talk about policy and principles. We want to talk about business skills because we're helping young people kind of establish themselves in their career. 
And then we want to think about civic engagement. And so we try to kind of center and encourage all of our chapters to think about, like, those are the buckets that we're going to talk about. Um, I think that we had a rich portfolio of lots of conversations we wanted to have this year, and then COVID kind of took over. We sure did. I know. We, we had a laundry list of things. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, I think there were, it's not as though any of the issues that we're facing are new. And I think COVID has just brought, shined a light on a lot of that. So some places they're talking about financial management and how to deal because we have we surveyed our audience and it turns out a lot of them have lost their jobs or their career has changed. So we wanted to make sure we serve that. Um, but from a policy perspective, I think what this this year, it's an election year. There's a lot of different debates that people are having. And so we were allowed to get really local. Um, just last week, our chapter in Austin, uh, in not in Austin, the leader is Austin, uh, in Phoenix. It's actually our Southeast hub, which we can talk about a little bit later yeah. is these regional hubs that we put together. Um, Arizona just passed a uh, marijuana legalization bill. And so they got together and had a dinner where they talked about the implications of that bill because it just passed, it's right. brand new. They brought people to the table and they wanted to kind of have a debate because even though it passed, there's still, you know, disagreement on, <laughs> across the board. Uh, and so that's what they found to be highly relevant and really useful to talk about. Um, from other perspectives, I think the business climate is one that we have really enjoyed talking about this year. Um, just what businesses are facing, how we can make it easier for them without making them dependent on government support and kind of just that business climate, I think, has been big. Um, mm -hmm. Another piece that we talked about a lot this year that I thought was fun was the way that Yes, we've never seen kind of regulation on our life like we have before, but there are also some areas where they have like laid off, yeah. right? Like they've opened up some of the medical world. Um, Telemed. Oh my yeah. goodness. Like my industry, that's been a whole area that now we're actually allowed to function in and we weren't before. And it's like, why? It's not, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but thank goodness, you know, it's like sometimes it takes, I guess, that, that shakeup. But yeah, so several of our organizations talked about um, you know, proof of need laws and how that needed to go away. Uh, we also talked a lot about, you know, the alcohol regulations and how now to allow restaurants to survive, you can move things around. Um, but I thought that that Phoenix conversation was really awesome because it discussed a bill that had just passed. So now it applies to people's lives. Like now weed is more free. So people have, this has so many different, you know, uh, ways that it's going to interact with people's lives from yeah. CJR to just normal things. Um, another piece was our chapter in Nashville, Tennessee. They talked a lot about this bill because apparently in Nashville, it was illegal to run a business in your home. And that's not going to work <laughs> when you all have to be in your homes yeah. running your businesses. Um, so our chapter in Nashville works really closely with the Beacon Center, which okay. is the free market think tank there. And they were working on this issue saying like, we have to liberalize this. We have to open this up. And so I think they had a lot of great conversations about that as well. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I would say the events of June when the entire country kind of just like rose up in rage um, and, a, and a holy rage. <laughs> I think it was justified rage. Uh, all of our chapters decided they really wanted to cover criminal justice reform because mm -hmm. we want to figure out how to solve this problem. Um, and so many of our chapters decided to host events on the different ways that their their communities were approaching the issue and talking about the issue. Um, I loved that because it let us explore all these different potential. And it lets us have a voice, right? And that's the I think maybe where where folks in the liberty movement have sometimes dropped the ball, and that's not knowing when to interject 
but also n not really knowing how to interject, right? So like part of sales, and this is going back to my sales executive uh, experience is that, you know, you don't enter into a conversation guns a blazing level 100. You don't call, you know, you don't call into an IT director. So my day job, we're doing telecom stuff. And if I were to call to an IT director and be like, hey, listen, I know I'm right. I have a case study in my hand showing how right I am. And you're just an idiot if you don't take my appointment with me to learn how right I am. He's going to hang up the phone. And like, I, I would be, I'd be silly not to expect him to hang up the phone. Whereas what we're doing here at America's Future is you're entering into those conversations that they're already having in their mind. So the way that I would like to look at it a little differently, right? So like I call him the IT director and I have to think, what's he, what's he thinking about like right now? And he probably is worried about like cybersecurity or like business continuity because like his company gets hit. It's not just like, oh, you know, our phones were down for the day. It's like, oh, we, we got, you know, hacked and we lost company information or private customer information. So like now when I'm calling in, I'm trying to address those issues that are first first and foremost on his mind because I need to catch his attention. So to your point, when you're talking about, you know, for example, going back to June, what was on everybody's mind? It was absolutely criminal justice reform and in response to the George Floyd. And then that, that right there, we entered that conversation and we were able, while people were already having that conversation, to present a different perspective that was being completely ignored. And like, it's insane that it was being ignored because we look at it and we're like, this is the solution. And in, in this case, it's going to be, you know, ending qualified immunity, ending the war on drugs, you know, changing civil asset forfeiture. Like we have solutions, but those solutions weren't really allowed to enter the mainstream unless it was for us to enter those conversations almost organically through what we're doing here at America's Future. Yeah, I think that's the wonderful thing about being part of this freedom movement is we know that the ideas are on the shelf. They're there. Yeah. Uh, and people are talking about them all the time. You know, think tanks are playing the long game. Um, I think what I love about America's future is that we can play the short game and yeah. that we can give you, we know you're going to talk to your friends about this stuff. You need something to say <laughs> when they start saying that we need carbon taxes and we need all of these different things. Like you need a response and you're not going to read a long white paper about it. Right. So we want to think about how we can have those conversations at the human level and at the community level. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm hopeful, and I think that that's what's really helping people start to learn about how they can live a life of freedom all the time. I think big picture, that's really what we want to see is that you have a way to interact in the world that with like kind of that backbone of freedom all the time so yeah. that you're skeptical a little bit because it comes into play everywhere, not just government, right? Like, I've realized this year it comes into play with my condo board, you know, yeah. or there are people who want to make rules all the time and there are people who want to figure out like, well, what's the problem and how do we solve it? Um, so, you know, it's kind of just giving people that sort of extra structure and yeah. then the community around you so that you don't feel quite so alone, which yes. I think is another big piece of the puzzle is just, um, you know, we know that we're millennials, you and I, uh, Generation Z is, is fast coming up and the majority of people don't think like we do. And I think that that's an important piece of the puzzle to always remind myself is like, I'm not like everybody else. Oh, yes. um, but you still want to be friends with everybody else and they're still in your community. And so how do you interact with them and insert your stuff, yes. you know, here and there so that they can start to question and yeah. see the world a little differently. Well, too. you touched on something too, and you mentioned, you know, being problem solvers. Mm -hmm. And and that's actually, so when I, back in August, I made a really big change in my show. We went from being kind of like this this strictly like political interview show to like 
actually focusing on how can we sell liberty? How can we actually approach this larger liberty movement in a way that people are going to start paying attention? And part of it is reclaiming what does it mean to be a sales professional? And and part of it is people think of sales are like the used car salesman, snake oil salesman. It's like, that's not it. Sales at its very core is problem solving. So when we're entering into these conversations with folks, and actually this is a great segue into the, the regional hubs, right? We're able to enter into these, these more hyper-localized conversations that people are having. And to your point, when we, when we enter listening instead of preaching and actually let them tell us what's wrong, guess what? We know the answer then because we can offer the solution. So, but again, it requires us to say, tell us what's wrong. So Cindy, you're talking about these regional hubs, kind of go into a little bit more detail. So folks, maybe they're out there in Pennsylvania or in Austin, Texas or California, and they want to get involved with America's future. How can they go ahead, I guess, and get involved these local hubs, but also get involved more their their specific local communities? Yes. So I love this question. And this is kind of the thing that we've been uh, wrestling with and trying to figure out. And strategy is one of my favorite pieces. And so it's been fun to kind of think through. And this year, I think really threw us for, for a loop there. But it allowed us to make some changes that I thought were really cool. So uh, we've launched two new big kind of prog programs mm -hmm. this year. One is regional hubs. Um, the big reason that we wanted to do that is one, we were noticing that we had some really awesome chapter leaders who were so dynamic and we wanted to grow with them yes. and we wanted to give them kind of more of a platform to expand. Uh, two was that our chapter structure, it can be a little inflexible. So if, you know, we need to find a leader, we need to invest all these resources, we have to do that. Um, and so what we kind of wanted to figure out was how do we empower these really fantastic leaders and it, to expand and to move out into places where we'd love to have a community, but we can't necessarily have one. Um, and really, I think that was the big question across the board this year was, right, how do we build community and get people connected when we can't physically be together? <laughs> Whether it's because you live in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania versus Philadelphia, where we have a chapter or, you know, you can't physically meet in person restrictions. So that was kind of the question that we had. So we decided to open three sort of regional hubs that were going to help us expand in the different parts of the country. So we launched in the Northeast uh, with our chapter leader, Larry Gallini in Rhode Island, and then in the Southwest with our chapter leader, Austin Jack in Phoenix, and they're going to kind of spread out. And then obviously Washington DC is our headquarters. It's where our biggest amount of guests and audience is because just the critical mass that we have here. Um, but we want to spread out around here, too. So this is kind of the third regional hub. And the idea is to engage people both in person when we can and then also virtually. Um, and really what I want to see is that those hubs start to become a, a, a stalwart within their community. I want people to be in their town and to see a freedom message at farmers markets and music festivals and small business fairs and all of those things, which I don't see. We see progressive organizations out in the streets, not just at marches, but in the community. Yes. Um, and that's something that we know that the freedom movement is really lacking. And oh. I'd love to hear more from you about that piece is oh, like yes. that, like you, you need to show up. You need to be a piece of the conversation and you need to let other people know that there are other people who agree with them. So we want to have really empowered those regional hubs to think about how do we now show up 
at these different spaces. So that's one way that you engage with AF. Uh, the second is something that we just launched and opened up last Thursday as well, which is a new membership program. Um, you know, we have people all over the country. Like we, we know we can't all get together in person. I want to engage with all of them. You know, I know that there are people who are excited and passionate about the ideas, but they don't have a way to engage. And even more so, like you talked about, they don't know how to get out into the community to get involved. And so we launched this membership program to do that. And I'm really excited about the prospects for that because I think we're going to get people together. We're going to connect them so that they know they have friends all over the country. And then we're going to give them the tools to start to like take little steps to get involved in the community. So every month we kind of do a briefing about something that's happening in the world. We have some training opportunities and then we have a call to action and we issue a challenge every month for you to go get involved in your community. And it's been light, you know, it's like go volunteer, vote, you know, volunteer to be a poll worker. Uh, last month, of course, in November, it was give to some cause you care about, you know, so it's little pieces about how you get involved in civic engagement. But it's sort of baby steps to kind of say like, hey, what part did you like? Now let's get you trained in how you can get more involved there. Because I think the more that we show that we have solutions to public problems, private solutions to public problems, and we are willing to get out there and solve them, think that that's going to really start changing people's minds oh not only is it going to change people's minds but you you start to touch on it there's not many people out there that's doing it right and like part of it just requires you to show up and we're seeing this you, you mentioned you know when you're looking at like the farmers markets and stuff like you're gonna see the democratic socialists of america tent and and like there's no liberty tent out there and you know i just had cliff maloney on the show back a couple weeks ago and we were talking about Young Americans for Liberty and win at the door. And one of the stats that Cliff gave me, and it blew me away, one out of every nine doors that they knock, they, they can count on a vote. And like, that's a real number that you can walk away. And I, and I asked him, I was like, Cliff, you just told me that pretty much 10% of the doors you knock on are going to give you a return on investment of at least one vote. And I was like, why is nobody else doing this? Because that's a huge number. And he's like, because it's hard. And it's, it requires you to go out and do it. And and I think, you know, it's funny. I always get asked by people are like, you know, why did your show take off? And I'm like, I think it's because I'm the only one who actually like jumped into this specific niche. Because like at the end of the day, and, and it goes to Young Americans for Liberty. It goes to what you guys are doing in America's Future. I do here on my show. It, it just requires people to kind of show up. And, and that that sounds so easy but it kind of is because if you're taking a step versus just nobody then like you just taking that initial step is already putting you in a better spot than like half everybody else out there so i mean to your point all we really have to do is just put ourselves in positions to then be in a, a chance where somebody walks up to you know said booth and they can ask you a question so you know what what is the, the uh, answer to the lockdowns. And now it's putting us in a position to actually be problem solvers to answer those questions. So I guess now we mentioned the regional hubs, right? Let's get hyper, hyper specific. So I know across the United States, we have chapters all over from Rhode Island with Larry down to Philadelphia with yours truly back last year, all the way out to uh, out West. I know we have um, Esther and, and, and folks out there. So like, I know we have organizations all across the United States. With that being said, folks out there, they are looking to get involved. They are just looking to show up. So if I'm somebody out there, I'm a little, you know, 
oblivious as to how to get involved in this, you know, this America's future organization. What's, I guess, a concrete first action item that somebody can take? Join. Join. I like it. Easy enough. <laughs> nice and simple. Go to our website, sign up. It's a really cheap annual fee. It's $25 a month and you are just connected, boom, to the entire nation of people who care about the same ideas that you do. Um, that's going to be step one uh, because that way we can start getting to know you, figuring out what you're passionate about and yeah. figuring out how we can plug you into the different programs that we have. Um, so that's step one, anybody bar none. Um, on the other hand, if you like to write and if you're interested in journalism, I really want to make a plug for our writing fellows yes, program. Do, yes. um, that's something that has been amazingly popular. Like people are knocking down the doors for it. Um, and it's just massively important because I think, you know, that, that, that metric that you just gave as one out of nine people is so shocking and exciting because there are dozens of us <laughs> to make a joke, but there we're everywhere. And a lot of times we're afraid to talk about that. So you don't know that other people are out there. Um, I think that you need to hear our message in the mainstream media. You need to hear it on your street corner. You need to hear it all the time because repetition shows priority and you need to hear it all the time. Um, so anyway, our Writing Fellows program helps equip people to write and to get published. And Josh Evans Amazing. Josh Evans, yeah, he, he runs that with Matt Purple from the American Conservative, and they, it's a six-week course. Uh, we do it three times a year, and you learn how to write a fantastic op-ed, how to write a killer headline, how to get published, which is the most important piece. You meet editors who will help you get published. Um, and our alumni just this year have published, like, 5,000 articles and so I mean Hannah Cox was just on my show back a couple weeks ago and like Hannah absolute all-star Chloe all-star I mean heck I'm, I, I had Brad Palumbo on the show and I know he's been doing a lot of stuff with like young voices and stuff and like a lot of those as I was say they're all part of the same tree and like it, it means something because like to your I didn't mean to interrupt but like I've had Brad I've had Hannah they've all been in the show recently and like they're all making a difference and that's that's the, the goal is, like, to show people that, like, you're not alone. You might think, like, oh, I'm weird for thinking that in individual liberty and, like, economic responsibility. But, like, no, there's thousands, millions of people out there who believe what you believe. You just have to speak up and, like, start learning through programs like, like this. I mean, that's exactly how it starts. Yeah, I think, you know, you got to get connected and then you have to learn what you're passionate about and start to apply it. And that's what we want to do is give you the information, give you the skills, and then give you the network. Um, that sounds a little bit like a sales <laughs> pitch, I think, that's but Hey, thing. that's what we're supposed to do exactly. here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's really what we hope to do. And yeah, I think Brad and Hannah and, uh, so many of these other people, they, they are exactly the embodiment of what we hope to do. We want tens of thousands of people like that out in the world because we all have a role to play and it's not just in the media. It's, it's at our kitchen tables. It's, it's all of that. I think, um, you know, after, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. AOC did a live Instagram feed, and she was really upset. Obviously, it was a it was a difficult time. Um, but she talked about how there were people in your life that only you can reach. That no matter what the news says, no matter what signs you see, there are people only you can reach. And I that wasn't for the same side that I. <laughs> but I think that that's so massively important to remember. Is like. You having a conversation is going to change people's minds. You having a polite, loving conversation that pre presents solutions and an alternative is going to change people's minds. And so we want to hit all those different buttons for young people. Um, oh, yeah. Is how do you talk to your friends over a coffee or a drink? And how do you talk in the media? And how do you do everything in between? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot that we're trying to take on. Um, 
But I think, you know, it's vital that young people have that outlet and we want to provide that as much as possible. But, you know, we're doing it in kind of a decentralized way with these yeah. regional hubs and then the chapters and they get to talk about anything that's relevant to them and then the membership. So there are different ways that you can get involved and interact, um, but all in the service of building a community and building your confidence in how to talk about these ideas well, the network, and to live them. The network is, yeah. is it cannot be understated. I mean, it, it is being understated a little bit just because like, I, I can't speak enough of how much it's meant to me to have this, this you know, AFF now, AF network of folks I can refer back to and, and leverage, you know, for guests on my show, or if I have a question about a certain topic that I know, you know, oh, this person is an expert on this particular field, I can go to the group of folks that we've, we've built together. And I think this is one thing too that, you know, it is interesting when you, you look at the greater liberty movement and we, we embrace the ideas of individual liberty, personal responsibility, but I think sometimes we get stuck where we look at that individual, um, you know, that individual streak in ourselves and we let it almost turn us into little islands. And, and we really need to focus on, on building those, those bridges to those little islands, right? Because I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you're, you know, one little island at a time, it's easy to pick off. And, and that's partly, and you mentioned AOC, right? And this is something, and as we start to wrap up here, I think we can all learn from someone like an AOC because who's, who's the, the Republican, conservative, libertarian AOC? Like, I, I, Amash, Massey, like, maybe, but even then, yeah, but even then, like, are they holding, like, you know, millions some odd streams, Twitch games, and interacting with millennials? No, and like, She's tapping into a sentiment that I think a lot of us are missing out on. And, and I think instead of writing her off so quickly as I see some conservative commentators do, I think we really need to take a second and say, what is she doing that's resonating with people? Why are people going and watching her play a video game for you know an hour and listen to her commentary as a U.S. congresswoman? Like, that, that's not, I would say it's not normal, but it, it's not tr typical. It is. And I think it's awesome. Yes. And I want to figure out how to do it too. I don't understand Twitch. But someone else will and I hope I can figure out how to get them to do it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, go to where people are. I think, I'm sure that that's a sales piece. That, yeah, yeah, like go to where they are, see where they need to be, solve the problem that they have right in front of them, not the one that they, you know. Or the one you tell them that they yeah. need to be worried about. Like, I mean, this is one thing that drives me crazy about libertarians being like, have you heard about the Federal Reserve? And it's like, Honestly, not everybody cares about the Federal Reserve. And I, and I get that one over a loud, like, Ron Paul group, but, like, not everybody, and to your point earlier, not everybody thinks like us. So, like, going in talking about the Federal Reserve may have piqued our interest, but, like, to the crowd that AOC is attracting, it's not piquing their interest. And, and I, I will say, it drives me crazy when people are like, well, we don't want that crowd. It's like, yes, we do. We want as many people on our team, and I, and I hate the team mentality, but, like, if we're looking at team liberty, right? Like that's a good team to be on. And we need to build up that idea that it's not voodoo, it's not taboo to like embrace individual liberty. Like that's a good thing. Like free markets are a good thing and we just need to tell the stories I think better. But if we're not even engaging in the conversation, then how can we tell those stories? Yeah, you know, I think I said this last week in our kind of grand uh, introduction. And I think the most important thing to remember is that we're right and that our ideas make the world better. Like legit, like, make the world better. Not just like, not just in a little way, like eradicating poverty better, like innovating, taking us to Mars better, right? And so we have to have the courage of that conviction and to not hide. 
Um, and, and I think to present that to the world is really vital. And to, yeah, like, yes, we want everyone on our team. And I think all those people who, who follow her and, and like her, she's presenting a solution to them because they want to make the world better too. Yes. I think we have to always come to the table remembering that, like, they're not evil. They want to make the world better. They just think one way does it, and we know another way does it. Um, and it's our job to sell them on, you know what, setting people free does this. Like, getting out of their way, getting off their necks, getting them to have the opportunity that they need, that's what makes people's lives better. We have to have that courage. And I, you know, I, I want us to present it with joy. I think that that's a really big piece of the puzzle is there can be a lot of anger and a lot of stress and complaining and name calling and all of it. Um, but our ideas are right. And I'm thrilled that I get to work in a world where I get to empower people. And you should be too. <laughs> yeah, everybody should be. I mean, honestly, yeah. like we are, and in looking where we are right now in 2020, like all things considered, things could be a lot worse. And I say that kind of tongue, like, yes, like we're going through a global pandemic, but like imagine if it was a hundred years ago and we are going through this. Imagine pandemic. if it was 10 years ago, we didn't have any, we couldn't have gotten our groceries delivered. No. We couldn't have gotten an Uber anywhere. It would have been an entirely like, it would have been this times 10. Like it would have been infinitely worse. So like all things considered, and, and we can tell those stories like, thank you market, thank you Instacart, thank you Uber, and like those are marketplace innovations. And that's what we have to tell those stories. Like instead of saying like, oh, look at where government dropped all, like, look where the free market fixed it. I love that. That's the approach, right? We have like, to. Instead of t yelling about the bad stuff, like here's the alternative. Yes, and, and raise those up. Like a, a meme I just shared the other day was like, let's be real, Uber and Lyft have probably done more to curtail drunk driving than, than police have in what? 50 years yeah. mm -hmm. and that's I think that's going to be the winning arguments and and as we continue to have these conversations I, this is I think what is going to end up changing people's mind going forward so with that being said we are unfortunately at the point where we have to start wrapping up Cindy but I want people you know the sales guy and me we have to have an action item so if folks want to go ahead and check out the newly branded America's future right where can they go ahead and find you guys I think the best place for you to go is our website, americasfuture.org. You can learn all about our organization, everything that we offer there. I really highly recommend that you decide to join us. Um, this is brand new, so I'm going to pitch it the most. Um, but we want you to know that you've got a community around the country of people who also want to have those conversations. Come there, but we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're in all those places too. Not on Twitch soon. <laughs> <laughs> but americasfuture.org, come see us there, join us, and then we'll get you plugged into the rest of the community. Yes, and that's the, the I think, great way to to wrap up. It is a community. It's 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 not a think tank. It's not, it, it's, and that's something that I think we as just a greater liberty movement have to get better at is identifying and branding ourselves as people, not not like these little robots in our in our little organizations because like at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? We're trying to make our communities better. We're trying to make our society better. And it comes with us having to get outside of our bubbles, talk to people, and get involved with organizations like America's Future. Absolutely. It's a big world. We've all got our role to play. And yeah. AFS is that community. It really – and I – for three years plus now, I've been a member of, of AF in some way, shape, or form. And I cannot ex explain enough how excited I am for the future of America's Future going forward. Cindy. Oh my goodness, so many great things. We'll make sure we include all the links to uh, America's Future in the show notes so folks can go ahead, check out their local AF chapter, their local AF regional hubs. 
and of course, get involved with America's future. Cindy Circatella, thank you so much for joining the Brian Nichols Show. An absolute pleasure. Thank you, Brian. This was so fun. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I want to tell you about an amazing new podcast. You longtime listeners of the Brian Nichols Show know him well, and that is one Brad Palumbo in his stellar new program, Breaking Boundaries. Join Brad as he interviews top writers, politicians, and thinkers from all across the political spectrum to give you a new perspective you won't find in the mainstream liberal media or right-wing echo chambers. From guests like Rand Paul to Glenn Greenwald, Brad is having conversations and focusing on issues that are driving America with the people who are in the driver's seats. So, head over to your favorite podcast app, hit subscribe, strap in, and be prepared for some wild food takes like Rand Paul and his grand mayonnaise conspiracy. Again, that's Breaking Boundaries with Brad Palumbo, available in your favorite podcasting app today. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Cindy Circatella from America's Future. What an amazing organization, and I cannot stress it enough that this is one of those organizations that if you're looking to actually get involved in trying to make real differences in your communities, which is exactly how we're going to show the value of what we're doing in terms of promoting liberty policy, as is what we've been trying to do here, promoting Brian Nichols show ideas, right? How do we make a difference? We build trust in our communities and we show the value of our ideas one-on-one. And that requires us to get involved in our communities. And as difficult as that can be with, uh, you know, the COVID restrictions here in 2020, going to 2021, America's future is doing the work. We're finding ways to build those connections, build long-lasting bridges with our communities and building that trust that's needed for us to build those liberty coalitions going into the future. So thank you, Cindy, for joining the Brian Nichols Show. Make sure you guys go ahead and support the great work that they're doing. Uh, and also, guys, I know I I, I switched things up a little bit, right? So I had a little bit of issue uh, with some audio issues on my end with my awesome conversation with Janessa Fenton, uh, which was supposed to be airing here on Monday, so I had to do a little bit of work there to fix it, but we are fixed. So don't worry, I'm going to have that episode airing here on Wednesday instead, so make sure you tune in on Wednesday and then coming up here on Friday joined by Professor of Political Science from Brown University, Jim Marone. What a great conversation that was, uh, discussing how the the two big parties, the GOP and our Democrats, are actually losing some of their, what they would consider to be safe, traditional voting bases. So make sure you guys are tuning in for those great episodes. Head over to wherever it is you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Don't want to miss a single episode. And also, folks, make sure you give me a follow on social media, at B Nichols Liberty. You can follow me on Parler, Twitter, and Facebook, but also Minds.com. All four of those at B Nichols Liberty. And of course, uh, if you guys want to get in touch with me, email me brian at briannicholsshow.com. And one final ask, if you guys have not had the chance yet, do that five-star rating and review. And if you do that, remember, now through the end of December, you will be entered into our Ebel's Topical Freeze Gel giveaway. So make sure you do that five-star rating and review. Take a screenshot and email me, Brian, at briannicholsshow.com. So, guys, it was an absolute blast. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Brian Nichols Show. But that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off for Cindy Sergatella. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.